I'm Mark Nicholson from Pitcher Partners. Today I'm in conversation with Kirsten McCarroll and Christine Richardson, two extremely inspiring and resilient pharmacy owners. Christine is the owner of the Priceline Fairfield Central and Amcal Metro pharmacies in Townsville. Kirsten, along with her husband Marty, is the owner of three pharmacies in southeast Queensland, the Banyo and Goodner Discount Drugstores and the Wilsonton Amcal Pharmacy in Toowoomba. And while these two women don't know each other, they do have a great deal in common. They both run highly successful businesses and have had to overcome significant challenges, including natural disasters and currently the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm looking forward to hearing from both of them and what they believe has been the building blocks to their success. Kirsten and Christine, welcome. Hi, Mark. Thanks, Mark. As I just mentioned, you don't know each other, but I've had the pleasure of knowing each of you and your similar business experiences. I thought a conversation regarding these experiences would be both inspiring and educational. From a distance, your business lives look remarkably similar. You both finished your pharmacy degrees in the mid-1990s, have both spent time lecturing at different Queensland universities. You both currently juggle family responsibilities with teenage children and working spouses. But the most remarkable coincidence is that you both own pharmacies that were inundated by floods when insurance coverage fell a long way short of getting you back up on your feet again. Christine, you're still working your way back from the devastating 2019 Townsville floods which probably seemed like a long-distant memory for other parts of Australia, while Kirsten, the Brisbane 2011 floods have long been replaced in many people's psyche by the various once-in-a-hundred-year disasters we seem to have every year and um, have continued to experience since back then. And now, of course, you're both responding to the challenges of the COVID-19 crisis, um, which recently presented and have been on the front line. Um, responding to those challenges. If I can start with you, Kirsten, what's your uh, immediate business memory or experience that sort of lingered with you and helped you actually respond to the COVID-19 challenge? I think the experience that stuck with us after the, the 2011 floods was simply the surprise and shock of the floods happening. Watching it all unfold on TV, which was an event that we thought would just be some rain and, you know, a bit of a squally storm suddenly turning into massive flood was just such a shock to be thrust into a position that we never imagined that we would be put in. So I think COVID has been easy for us, well, not easy, but easier for us to deal with because it was like we could almost see it coming. It was like a train barreling down the tracks at us. We did have some breathing room. We could put some things in place to help us and our staff cope. Christine, is, is that a similar experience for you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's really funny to talk to someone who's been through um, a similar experience because it's a rare, pretty rare thing to happen. And um, uh, but definitely can relate to the shock. That's something that you never think is going to happen to you. I suppose in relation to COVID, I agree with Kirsten completely in terms of COVID being easier. Um, we went through this this huge unexpected challenge shock of the flood we got through it once you get some through something like that not everything but most other things I think are going to be easier because you know you've done it before the same skills come into play the same mindset comes into play it's just in a different scenario so although COVID's different in terms of being an invisible kind of enemy and it's a little bit less predictable. I suppose with the flood we could physically see what had to be done and we could see an end in sight 
Um, whereas I think COVID was probably wrapped in a little bit more uncertainty. That, that would be the main difference, I guess. And Kirsten, many business owners outside of pharmacy have actually had their businesses closed. So um, coming back post-COVID, I could imagine there's a fair bit of trepidation, not unlike you would have felt coming back uh, once the waters um, resided and then starting to starting the process of rebuilding your business. Um, you know, what, what did you learn from that process that you, know, you, you could sort of pass on to those people? Look, after the floods, it was really interesting because a lot of businesses did close. A lot of our shopping centre just did not come back. When the pharmacy reopened, uh, we became a bit of a community hub. And I think we're seeing it again this time is that community has quite a long memory when it comes to things like that. And again, our pharmacy out at Goodner is being seen as somewhat leaders in this crisis management. It's really interesting. We've, we're sort of like a bit of a beacon within our local community and, and We've certainly had a lot of customers come and, and take solace in our staff, most of which are still there from the floods. And Christine, given that it's only just over 12 months ago and you're, you're probably still recovering, um, have you seen in your staff an ability to sort of bounce back, um, you know, quite quickly because of what they went through and that, you know, that, that you've got a much stronger team because of what you've been through or, or is there sort of a a secondary shock of, oh, no, not again, and, um, you know, that there's there's fear and trepidation <laughs> all over again. A bit of both, actually, Mark. Um, I can certainly relate to the, oh, no, not again, and I'm sure some of the, the team can as well. But um, the one thing I was really proud of during the flood was that um, I can't, we had about, I think, 25 team members at that time, um, and we were closed for four months and they were they were stood down without, pay which was very hard to do but out of the 25 and four months of closure we only had two of them that didn't come back after that time and those two didn't come back purely for financial reasons that they had to take positions elsewhere so the team stuck with us through that and and now that COVID's hit I think what's happened is um, in line with what I was saying earlier uh, it gives you the confidence to know that these things happen um, we have to be nimble in business always. This is just a, ra- a ramped up version of that. So, um, you know, working together as a team, we can get through it. What's the plan? What do we have to do next? Um, it's not go- It's not permanent. It's not going to last forever. Um, and then the other side of it, I suppose, is if we're already traumatised because it is a form of trauma <laughs> going through a flood, then some people perhaps, uh, for some people it might be reigniting those feelings again of, of the shock and the, the stress involved and we have to change the way we do things and it's a lot of extra work and we weren't planning on this and we thought we were just getting back to normal. This is not fair. Why is it happening now? Blah, blah, blah. But in saying that too, we are so fortunate to be um, in this position in this position during COVID, we're actually thriving. We're well aware that many other businesses are absolutely decimated. So we're always mindful of that and grateful for the stress, even though it's a different kind of stress. It's a much more positive um, situation than we had in the flood. I'm Mark Nicholson from Pitcher Partners Pharmacy Advisors, and I'm in conversation with Kirsten McCarroll and Christine Richardson.
Kirsten, um, one of the many strings in your bow is having a business degree that you did after pharmacy with, in marketing and communications and you um, all, have also done a company directors course um, uh, through Australian Institute of Company Directors. So, you know, you can look at some of this um, and your experience as um, from a theoretical perspective. So um, has that helped or has the, does the theory go out the window when you have to manage your way through a, a crisis like uh, each of these? Look, it's it's great to look at things from a theoretical point of view, but as we all know, theory is only so good. And when you've got a team of staff members, family and other loved ones plus a community all just trying to keep their head above water, I think um, me sprouting on about the theory of marketing and communications and governance principles is probably being <laughs> delivered to deaf ears. Um so, look, theory is great, but the reality of life is community first and we need to look after our communities and no matter what marketing principles you put in place, I think it all it always just comes back to that, unfortunately. It would be nice to be able to shove it in a theoretical box and deal with it um, that way, but sadly people don't want to play that way in times of crisis. And Christine, it- is there anything you you can say that you've sort of learnt about either your, by probably both yourself and others through this process, and that's open for you as well, Kirsten. That um, I imagine you've got really gotten to see human behaviour at its best and worst, whether it's um, COVID or floods or you know, customers or staff or the people around you. Um, you guys have had to be the the rock through that process, so. Um, you know what are the what are the key learnings or the you know probably the joys the highs and the lows through that process I guess one yeah I think one thought when I was thinking about all of this that kept popping up was in my mind the number one lesson is that it's all about relationships and the strength of of relationships and whether that's relationships with your team or with your landlord with your suppliers the the stronger that foundation is um, the better off you're going to be during any any kind of crisis I mean the better off you'll be overall anyway but certainly when a crisis happens or a disaster happens if those foundations and those relationships aren't already strong and um, and you've put the work into it and you've recognized the importance of it um, from day one you, you won't find yourself um, as able to get through it. So relationships, number one lesson for me. Extending out from that, uh, Christine, sort of going over to Kirsten, um, you know, there, there's probably in that relationship discussion, there, you know, there probably there's two sides of a coin with both landlords and insurers as to whether you know, it's a positive experience um, or a negative experience or somewhere in between. And, you know, if there's parallels for other pharmacy owners or other business owners at the moment is that they are potentially in a negotiation process with a landlord or a um, or an application process with insurers. I mean, what was, what was your learnings out of, out of um, your experience? Um, positive or negative? Um, I heard a good quote the other day which was never waste a good crisis and I say that is a is absolutely spot on with us in the floods. We 
In retrospect, we really took advantage of the crisis. I don't think that was our deliberate intention at the time, but we really came out of it as a much healthier business. We used the opportunity to renegotiate terms with our landlord. We dropped a whole lot of um, space. We got a better rent deal. The landlord was just so grateful for a tenant to be coming back after so many tenants were decimated and, and didn't come back that they were grateful for any income. Suppliers were on the whole very understanding and it gave us um, an opening to start some new conversations about terms. Insurance was an interesting experience and I would say to anyone who owns a business, make sure you understand your policy, every little minor clause within that policy. I think it's safe to say that even though we were very experienced at business when the floods hit, we were still surprised at some of the elements of our insurance policy. Um, but on the whole, I think, and it sounds sort of stupid to say it, but I think the flood was almost good for us as a business and personally as well. It really helped us realign what was important to us and put some really good deals in place that have benefited us since that time. If I go back to the um, insurance side of things, there's probably a lesson there, Christine, if you want to talk about it. Um, in terms of you probably suffered um, under your policy around stock because of decisions that you made um, when you originally took the insurance policy on thinking that uh, a disaster like that would be well beyond ever happening. So therefore, you know, covering for what you think you might need rather than, you know, probably the worst possible event. Is, is there any sort of wisdom that you'd potentially share with others having been through that? <clears throat> well, number one is to, as Kirsten said, know your policy. Policy. What's a policy? Know your policy. Um, I guess the, the challenge is, Mark, that as a business owner, there are so many documents there are so many um, contracts, fine print that we deal with every day just about or every week in business. And I got so frustrated because I thought, how can, we, how can I possibly be across every clause in every document that I look at in the business and that I sign? We couldn't even get into the, the premises for at least four days. It was hazardous. It was obviously not safe to go in there. Um, it was contaminated, etc. So by the time we actually even got in to have a look, and we'd had 38 degrees, you know, 99% humidity kind of days, by the time we got in to have a look, the place was a festering, smelly, contaminated swamp. And even the stock, getting back to your question about stock, even the stock that wasn't touched by the water was certainly in no condition to be sold. It would have been um, spoiled by heat, um, things growing in there. It was, it was just such a shock to realise that 600 mils of water through, through a shop can destroy the whole thing and we had to gut the whole place and start again. So you don't understand these things really until you go through it and nobody tells you. No one told me that, oh, well, X percent of flood cover may not be adequate because this is what can happen or this is what has happened in other cases. Maybe you need to consider that. So, yeah, big shock and yeah, learning curve. I'm Mark Nicholson from Pitcher Partners Pharmacy Advisors and I'm in conversation with Kirsten McCarroll and Christine Richardson. 
if we sort of throw back to COVID again, then um, the ability to prepare the store to deliver services to the to the front line, and then for the team to um, embrace and be engaged in that, um, was that relatively easy by comparison? When we heard that COVID was coming, uh, I was very lucky in that my husband had thought about this. He's the deep thinker out of the two of us. And he had prepared an action plan, which was just really amazing. So he went to Bunnings, bought Perspex sheets, bought a whole lot of pine, wood, and built us Perspex screens for our businesses. And that allowed us and our staff to continue working through a lot of this crisis time keeping our staff really positive. They, they felt really safe. They loved the fact that we as owners, and all credit goes to Marty, not to me, but that we as owners had thought about their health and well-being and had preemptively built them these screens and installed them without them having to ask. And I think the customers also felt that that was a really good proactive thing to do. They could come into the store and also feel safe that um, they were in a semi-protected environment. Christine, the challenges from moving through COVID-19 into the next um, agreement with the government and continuing to evolve the the business uh, to deliver services uh, is probably just one set of challenges in front of another. And if, if if we go back, I'm sure there's been plenty of challenges along the way, right from, you know, the first decision to go into pharmacy ownership and work through, in your case, partnerships and in Kirsten's case, partnerships as well. Um, what are some of those challenges that really, I guess, prepared you for um, the, the enjoyment from taking challenge after challenge? I suppose it's about really uh, being passionate about business for a start and being passionate about pharmacy. So I always say, you know, you'd never... I can't see how you could succeed in a business where you weren't um, that you weren't passionate about. Um, that might sound basic or might go without saying, but certainly, if you have those two things to start with, you're you're much better place to keep pushing forward. And if you have that vision in your mind about, or, or whether it's on paper or in your mind, or preferably both, I guess. Um, of where you're heading and why you're heading there and what you need to do to get there, that keeps you going despite the challenges that pop up. And a challenge is really just a bend in the road. And as we discussed earlier, quite often the challenge that seems like, you know, just something you didn't want to go through is the best thing that can happen because it forces you to think differently, reassess, reevaluate, and all those benefits that Kirsten spoke about. As females rising to ownership of multiple pharmacies, um, there would have been unique challenges being female. And um, you know, we the glass the word glass ceiling gets thrown around a lot, but I'm, I'm sure that there were a number along the way. And um, you know, if I throw over to Kirsten firstly and come back to you, Christine, um, has that? prepared you better do you think you know having to deal with those moments and and if so what were some of those moments yeah um the glass ceiling I think definitely does exist but it exists as much as you want to give it credit um I bought my first pharmacy when I was 21 
So turning up to brand meetings as a very young, you know, still experienced, I like to think, but I was very young. I was female. I didn't have a lot of pharmacy experience. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, there were some older male pharmacists in that room that didn't think I had a place there. And I, looking back on that time now, I probably was young and arrogant and thought I knew it all, but that's how the profession changes and evolves. And I think also I have always put myself in a position where if I hit a glass ceiling, I did kind of have a plan B, which is a very fortunate position to be in. But a lot of my glass ceiling moments came from being a locum, in which case I could take another locuming job um, early on, even though I owned a pharmacy, I continued to be an employee because I thought that was better for, for me as a, as a pharmacist to experience lots of locuming places under different uh, managers and owners just to get some skills under my belt. A lot of my glass ceiling moments came from that, in which case I didn't locum for them again or I moved on to different places. I learnt from, from the glass ceiling moments. Certainly uh, pharmacy, pharmacists and female pharmacists need to be careful who they become business partners with. Um, that can present challenges in terms of that relationship between business partners and where power lies, whether that's a glass ceiling or a personality thing remains to be seen. Christine, did you have anything that you'd like to add to Kirsten's experiences? It's so funny listening to that because... I can relate to a lot of it and, and it, it is interesting, isn't it, that it's not just happening to one of us. It's, it's you know, if it's happened to you and I, I'm sure it's happened to many others along the way. So, again, um, the, the similarity is there in that I did a lot of locum work before I went into ownership and I think there was 30-something pharmacies all up uh, in four different states and ranging from sort of Pitt Street in the middle of Sydney to uh, rural Northern Territory and the whole uh, stream of ones in between. And, and that, was, that was great. Um, I remember, as you do, going into meetings or, or um, gatherings of pharmacists and being the only female in there. And it was almost as though you'd open the door and all you would see would, a, would be a sea of suits of, of uh, you know older males in suits and thinking wow I, I really don't um, visually fit into this scene but I would go in and I would I would sit and I would make conversation and I would enjoy it um, I, I think I learned a lot from that and it's all about um, confidence as well isn't it about uh, you know learning and sitting and, and thinking well why are they all here what what have they done and and why aren't there more of me in here? Uh, maybe that's something that I can take away and, and propagate outside this room. And, and do you have any advice for those women today, Christine or Kirsten? Um, you know, what, what advice would you give your young self? <laughs> I used it to fuel myself getting better, stronger. I never went to those meetings unprepared. I was always the most prepared person in the room. I had a point to prove. In saying that, though, my mum was a pharmacist and she was, um, you know, she owned pharmacies and she was definitely the only woman in the room. I had a very good role model in my mother um, who took no rubbish from anyone, male or female, but mainly male. The way I coped with it was to just not be intimidated and just to assume that I was at there, I was worthy of being there, I was just as valid being there as they were and and 
just opening up to that um, rather than allowing that environment to be intimidating. And, and Kirsten, you've tried to write the balance in modern day uh, scenario by taking on a young male partner? Yes, we have. But in saying that, I'm happy to take on partners, male or female. It's about an alignment of values and work ethic and and where you want to go. So, yeah, we have and we're thrilled to to have a junior partner and, and I believe he's happy to be part of the relationship too. So it's great for both of us. I'm Mark Nicholson from Pitcher Partners Pharmacy Advisors and I'm in conversation with Kirsten McCarroll and Christine Richardson. Clearly, with a number of pharmacies, uh, teenage children, which is enough to keep anybody busy, um, and, and just dealing with the, the challenges of day-to-day business and, as well as life, how do you actually work your diaries such that you allow yourself time to work on the business rather than just being trapped within it? And I, I think most business owners, certainly in retail, would say that it's very easy to get trapped inside your business as soon as you put foot in the store. Christine? When I first went into business, it was always about it being a business rather than a job for me as a pharmacist, even though I love working as a pharmacist. I was really conscious of, um, I guess, through that locum experience, seeing uh, the scenario where the business owner would be in there working all of the hours, um, getting burnt out, having no quality of life and not seeing their families. And I didn't want to ever be uh, in business with with that um, those outcomes. So I suppose about putting the business structure in place from the start so that the business could function and run smoothly without me having to be there all the time. Well, I was just going to say there's moments when you're busier than others. So you, you sort of ride the wave, if you like, that you, you do get called into crises and then you have to sort of consciously you can back away from it uh, in down times. And... Yes. Yeah. I think it's also a good business strategy in the end because you have to know that a business can be successful without you there. Uh, you know, a prospective buyer has to know that that business will still be uh, healthy and have the goodwill without the previous owner being involved in it. So it's a business strategy as well, yeah. One last question for each of you. I'm very interested in uh, your outlook for the industry and and for pharmacy ownership in general. And that sort of cuts down to really uh, if you were advising a young pharmacist today in their mid to late 20s um, contemplating buying into pharmacy, then are you as... Um, bullish and as positive today as your 21-year-old self or maybe even more so. Kirsten? I am bullish about the industry. I think it's interesting to see where this new agreement is going to go. Um, I like the fact that pharmacy providing services is is getting more and more focus as the years progress. Uh, I love pharmacy for the retail aspect. I think our Reliance on retail may drop as the years go forward, but care, caring for others and, and care for your staff and your community will never go out of fashion. We will always be required for that role. So I look forward to the future of pharmacy in, in that we will always be required by our communities and I, I look forward to progressing within within that realm of, of people who care. 
I'm increasingly positive about the industry. And I suppose when I first started all those years ago, I remember saying to uh, someone in an interview, um, and it was a long time ago, uh, I think pharmacists should be with the customers and I don't think they should be up there on those uh, platforms hidden behind the counter. We need to get them down with the customers. And that was probably 25 years ago. So for me, I can, I've can i always been able to see this untapped potential. I, I'm always thinking we could be doing this, we could be doing that. And it's just great to see that some of these things are starting to actually happen. We're starting to be recognized for what we can do um, for the community, but in turn for the government um, and make ourselves indispensable uh, within the healthcare system. And, and it's I think it's only just starting actually with the advent of vaccinations and um, and all the other professional services. So I, I think we've got a hugely positive future. It'll be different, but I think if anything, it'll be even uh, more fulfilling for pharmacists going forward. Kirsten and Christine, thank you once again for generously making your time available today. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you both and I wish you every success into the future with your uh, businesses. Thank you again. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Pitcher Partners Pharmacy podcast series. I'm Mark Nicholson from Pitcher Partners.